So would you please welcome warmly Karina Lau, elder and pastor. by doing something fun. And um, thank you. Ah, You guys look good tonight. (laughs) You always do. Thank you, honey. I heard my son say, you too, Mom. Oh. So um, Todd and I have been uh, cleaning house and getting rid of stuff. It's the season for that, it seems like. So, so yeah. You guys want some of our stuff? (laughs) I'm serious. (laughs) There was a white elephant exchange party that we unfortunately did not make for the Sozo team. So we got some wonderful leftovers that we just were so grateful for. But, you know, we kind of don't really have room and since tomorrow is the Super Bowl, I thought somebody would love this remote control football. Any Patriots or Seahawks fans? No? Come on, I know somebody wants it. Come on. Come on, you could wrap it up and you could Oh, here honey. Give that. You could wrap it up and give it for Christmas next year. Somebody wants it. Oh, yes, yes, one of the kids. <laughs> okay, and now this gift is a little bit nicer. Where's the other thing, honey? Oh, okay. This is a really cool painting, actually. We, we love it, but it doesn't go with our style, and it's like a cool prophetic lion. Isn't that awesome? Lori Prophet, I think, painted this. And um, so who's needing some courage? Okay, this is for you. What's your name? Hmm? Leslie. Anything else? Do you have anything else in your bag that we could get rid of? Okay. Okay. Yes, somebody. We also, from the White Elephant Party, we got an Obama Chia Pet. We'll keep that. Yeah. Okay, that was so fun. We should bring stuff more often and swap stuff when you want to get rid of things. Anyway, that was fun. Yeah, so, um, hmm? Oh, yes, and then I gave William what he actually, we got a new painting for our dining room area, and so Will bought our old one for 20 bucks. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Family stuff. Um, I feel excited about tonight, and also I'm feeling a little, I don't know, I had a really good day, and then when I got here, I started feeling anxious. I'm just going to be honest and real with you. I don't know why, what that's about, but um, when Todd was singing the song Restoration, and then he kind of went into how sometimes you're given a name, and that kind of was coming up resonating with me. Um, Like when I was a senior in high school, um, there was like 400 students in our senior class, and they named me the shyest senior, and um, I got this award and everything, and yeah, kind of strange. there's like all kinds of awards for that in senior class. And then I, I just it didn't settle with me. And I always felt like growing up, people would always say, you're so shy. And it was because I was quiet and just didn't feel comfortable talking to people. And then especially in high school, I went through lots of stuff. So I was had huge walls and wouldn't really talk to people. So I got labeled shy, even though inside I didn't feel shy. So I was thinking, oh, wow. And then getting up in front of people, to be honest, is still not easy for me. <laughs> um, but, wow, wow, that's like such a huge 
shift to not talk to anyone and be in my own little bubble to talking in front of people. So sometimes I feel really vulnerable, and I just I think it feels better if I just let you know that. So anyway, but your family, and we're going to talk about family, so it's all good. Um, I love this iPad. I can do my little slides here. But first, I um, Nori, who is our children's pastor, she uh, texted me today, and she's awesome. You guys know Nori. She, yeah, we bless the kids tonight to have deep encounters with you, Jesus, and bless Nori to feel your presence. Um, she texted me today, and she had all these words for me, and it was so encouraging as she's preparing to teach the kids. And she said, I, I see um, a huge train coming through the sanctuary tonight, and um, people are going to need faith to get on it. I thought, okay. She didn't know what I'm talking about, and um, I said, yeah, I so resonate with that. Like, that felt like the Lord to me. And she saw deep rivers, deep calling unto deep, and um, so... I, I feel like this family aspect that um, I'm going to talk about tonight and then Pastor Brent's going to talk about the covenant agreement and what that looks like as a family next week. It's going to take some faith to get on that train. And we know the destination. It's Jesus. He is the prize, but we don't know what the journey is going to look like. Like, what are all the details? And I'm feeling a little apprehensive about this because... My experience with family is dysfunction, and most people didn't grow up with an awesome, you know, totally healthy family. So I impart faith to you right now. I, I pray, Jesus, that you would increase faith in the room. Thank you, God, that, that, um, that you are the author and the finisher of our faith, and you write the story. Yeah, thank you for that, that just a paradigm shift, that you write the story, and we get to sit in your lap as you read the story, as it, as this faith walk with you unfolds, Jesus. I, I ask that you would release courage in this room and a spirit of might to rise up on the inside like a lion, Jesus, where we've felt afraid and wanting to have it all figured out, needing all the answers. Jesus, let faith stir up in our hearts. And I, I say this for myself, and if you want to, in your heart, I, I choose to get on the train with you. You are the destination, Jesus. Yeah, and, and it's scary not knowing what it's going to look like, but I choose to trust you, God. I trust you, Jesus. You have my best in mind. You have all of our best in mind. You're a good, good shepherd. And we trust your leadership, Jesus, by faith, because sometimes it, we don't know fully if we trust you. We love you, God. We love who you are for us. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for what you've done already tonight, and I ask that um, we would just ride the waves with you, Jesus. We would go where you go and fall back into your arms. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm like, okay. So, yeah, we're going to talk about choosing connection as a family of God and like Pastor Brent said, um, yeah, community and family and all that is is so important to Todd and I. Um, we have two kids whom we adore and love. They're grown up now, but uh, they're in the back row there cuddling. <laughs> and um, they're awesome kids. They're perfect in every way. <laughs> And yeah, Josiah agrees. And I, I just can boast about them all the time. It's like 
the father boasts about his son. I think they're wonderful. Um, and Todd and I, um, for many years, have led the youth group uh, along with Tammy Roberts and Misha and other leaders over the years. And what we found is um, what's worked for us and what is the core, the DNA of who we are is family and building uh, building community with our kids. And those kids are, are, you know, we're like their second parents. A lot of them, they graduate, they come back and open our fridge and eat our food. And, you know, we love them. They're, they're awesome. And sleep on our couch. Sometimes, some mornings I'll wake up and not know who's sleeping on the couch. And I'll look at the shoes by the door and then I'll know, oh, okay, that's Eric. That's Will. So know them by their shoes. And, um, yeah, so in wildfire, we really, um, have cultivated that over the years and the kids have a safe place to share their hearts and be themselves. And, um, man, we have crying sessions and kids just getting healing. And that's what it's about. You know, it's not about some fancy message or all that. It's really about family. So it is, um, it's been a huge value for us. The part that um, I'm growing in is connection, choosing connection. This is our core value. But to be really honest, it's been I'm in process still of learning what that looks like and how to do that and leaning toward people when it's difficult, when everything in me wants to run away and create distance. So I'm totally in process, even though this is so core to who we are. And I think we'll always be learning and growing and doing this. But when Jesus took communion with his disciples, what I see is Jesus said with them, I have a common union with you. Um, and he's, he said, you know, I love you. I choose you. You're mine, and I'm yours, and I have a covenant relationship. We were born out of a covenant relationship. So I'm always so moved when I read about Jesus and his disciples, um, especially Peter. And I, I was just reading about Peter the other day and, and how he denied Jesus. And Jesus knew that Peter was going to deny him, yet he, he leaned his heart towards him. He believed in him. And he, he chose to stay in this close covenant relationship with him. And I, I don't know. I was just blown away by that recently. Um, and Peter really loved Jesus. Peter really loved him. He, it says that he wept bitterly. Like he was so broken over denying Jesus. And then in John 21, I love how Jesus restores him and appears to him. And says, do you love me more than these? And Peter replied, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. And he asked him three times, do you love me? Mirroring Peter's three denials. And the thing is, Jesus is so committed to us. Like, we really need to get that, how committed he is to us. Not because of what we do or what we don't do or if we're leaning into him or we're we're feeling like we need distance like Jesus is still committed to our hearts and that I don't know about you but for me that's really huge because in our human relationships when you you know draw back from people a lot of times they'll draw back from you and it's just this dance but Jesus is always leaning in and he's always wanting heart connection with us no matter where we are no matter where, when we have faith or we're denying him. And man, oh, it gets me. It gets me. It's good. It's good. Here's um, Matthew uh, eleven twenty seven, and it says, My father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the son except the father, and no one truly knows the father except the son. And those to whom the father whom the son chooses to reveal him. So we know Jesus came to earth to reveal the father and his plan before the beginning of time was to have a family. 
So Blazing Fire Church, this awesome church, it's it's not um, an organization or a business and all that. Um, it's not, it was never intended to be a place where we all gather and um, strangers gather and we're never really known. God's intent was that we would be family together. And that may sound, that word may trigger some people. Uh, and it used to really trigger me. I, d- I didn't really like that word because what does that mean exactly, family? What does that look like? It doesn't mean, let me tell you, it doesn't mean that we're going to all look alike. We obviously don't or sound alike or that um, we're going to agree on everything. And as we talk about covenant and what that looks like, we want to make that really clear. We don't need to agree on every little thing because for many churches, if you don't agree on, you know, all these things and there's church splits, that is so not covenant. And that is not our heart at all. Just to remind you. um, So you're going to be hearing more and more about that next week. And, um, in the weeks to come. And, and what what does that look like for us as a church as we choose each other and um, lean lean toward each other as a family? Who's, who's building with us? You know, sometimes we're um, going in a direction and we have people coming in and out and, and sometimes you don't really know, like, are you family or are you here to visit? Because that's totally awesome. Like, we bless you and release you if you are, but God's taking us in a direction to really um, just invite you into deeper relationship. So I'm excited for next week, and it's going to be really good. Um, yeah, the the really good news, I think, for us that feel like family is unsettling is that when, I don't know about you, but growing up, I did not know how to communicate. <laughs> I didn't know that we were even supposed to, like, work through conflict. If conflict happens, then you, I don't know, you just fight, and then I go off to my room and slam the door, and distance was my goal. Like, But the good news is we've really grown up a lot, and we're learning how to communicate and work through things. And so we're creating almost a new normal. Because a lot of us, our normal growing up was was like, no, distance. And um, so that's good news. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we may not get to choose what family we were born into, but we get to choose each other. So I choose you. I, I cho- choose blazing fire. I, I, I love that we, we get to choose each other. Um, I want to share, um, our story, Todd and I, our story coming to Blazing Fire, and, um, it was, I'm so bad with time, but it was a while ago, 10, 11 years ago, and, um, we've probably shared some of this before, but I'll share it again. Uh, when we came, uh, I'm going to be really honest, so I was hurting a lot, and, Todd said it was okay if I share this because he shared it before. He was hurting. And um, I didn't want anything to do with anyone. Like, don't talk to me. Don't even look at me. <laughs> like, stay away. I'm just going to come to church. And I'm going to sit back here and enjoy this. seems really like awesome church, but just don't talk to me. And um, I I had huge, huge walls, like, if there, you could see it, like, in the natural, it would be, like, I don't know, big, like, castle fortress walls. And um, in one building, we would have late night, uh, what was it, oh, kitchen revival, because there was a kitchen, so we would stay till, like, 2 or 3 in the morning, and Todd was, would love that. He would be in the kitchen having a good old time, and they would be eating and laughing, and Holy Spirit was moving, people on the floor, and I would sit in the back row, lay on the back row, and pretend like I was sleeping <laughs> so nobody would talk to me. <laughs> like, yeah, just being honest. Um, 
close my eyes and then and then I would eventually fall asleep anyway but I was not having any of that like I am not gonna go hang out in the kitchen with people and have to talk to them (laughs) to Christians who sometimes really hurt you and are not safe that's honestly how I felt and yeah over time um, Brent and Suzanne they would just they were relentless like but gentle not like pushy but kept reminding us or telling us actually because I didn't know who I was but they would tell us who we were and I didn't I, w- I didn't believe it for a long time and then over time it started to sink in and God started doing things in my heart and really softening my heart and like wow okay I see them living this out with other people and they seem really safe and I they seem wow like are they for real and there's actually a few times I would drive home from church and I'd like pinch myself I I don't think this there must be something else going on like this is too good to be true and um and then one time we're talking with Brent and Suzanne and Brent was kind of talking and talking about how he holds people like this open hand like he invites them in to this church family but there's no control and I don't know I'm very visual and just something in me really clicked and I thought wow they're holding us like this they love us they want relationship with us but they're open-handed and I had never experienced any leadership or anything like that teachers and school you know like you open-handed and so I was like wow that really really did something to my heart and we invited them over for dinner and um we had communion and we you know we're saying we feel this common union with you like we know we don't probably we don't have to agree on everything but we we love you and we want to run with you and it was awesome (laughs) it was awesome but we're you know we're united by the spirit and nothing can change that not a disagreement nothing we're united. We're Jesus, like Brent was talking about. We're one with him. We're one body. Ah, so um, In church, you know, there, so, you know, we choose Brent and Suzanne and we choose you guys. But in church, there's going to be personality types and there's going to be people that you don't naturally connect with. You know, no one said, I don't know why people think that like going to church is going to be easy and just perfect and bubbly. It's, it's not, <laughs> I, but I guess I thought that cause I didn't grow up in church. I thought, Oh yeah, now it's like a little, you know, club and awesome and everybody likes each other, but you need to know that there's going to be nights. Like I don't want to go to church tonight. I don't want to see that person. I don't want to have to talk to anyone tonight. Like I am having a hard time. I just want to go and pretend like I'm sleeping in the back row and enjoy the worship. But it, you know, if we, if we have this perspective, like, okay, it's a choice. I'm choosing to connect. It's an act of my will. It's not always going to feel good, but, but this is the choice I'm making. So I, I want to throw that out there. Um, because I think sometimes we think, well, if it, if it's church, it should be, you shouldn't have any of those feelings, but yeah, we're all human and we, we're all love Jesus and we're all, I think you're all great, but yeah, there's sometimes it's hard. So, um, choosing, so is, is choosing connection natural or not? And I, I feel like yes and no, we're each born with this desire to connect, but you know, we have pain, like, like I was talking about what Todd and I experienced in previous places. And, and so sometimes the pain can take the driver's seat and just say it clouds, your vision becomes really cloudy and you choose to disconnect. And sometimes we don't even know we're doing it. Um, so there's this, you know, in, like I was saying, it's an ongoing decision we have to really make to say, I am leaning towards you. I'm leaning toward you. And even though everything 
in me wants to build this fortress to keep everybody out. I am choosing you and I'm choosing to be in relationship with you. Um, I like this in Colossians 3. It says, set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ. And the Greek verb for that word set there means an ongoing decision. Um, you have to, we have to make an ongoing decision every day to choose love and to choose relationship and connection because sometimes things hurt and sometimes you don't want to lean toward other people. It, it, it's just the way of life. Pain clouds our vision. So it's, it's saying in your heart, I'm, I'm choosing to do this. I'm going to decide to do this, even if you have to do it every day, to where, you know, some of us were talking earlier, some things are starting to feel more natural. It's not even like we're consciously saying, I'm going to choose connection like a robot. But, you know, your heart is more engaged. Your heart softens. There's, um, there's really nothing passive about doing this stuff. It's, it's not passive at all. It really is, um, it's like violent sometimes because there is a lot of things in us that are fighting and saying, no, it takes perseverance and really saying, I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to. And also I think we're, most people are really introverts. You know, um, I, I am like, I really get filled up by being alone and I love being with people, but for some people coming to church or being in a family, it actually, you need to really get yourself ready for that. And it's always great, but I just want to give you lots of grace. And if you've been hard on yourself and one, you know, like, gosh, it's not as easy for me. Grace, grace, grace to you. Todd's going to come up too, by the way, and share. So it's not just me. It's going to be good. He's got good stuff on this too. I'm not going to talk too much longer actually because um, I feel like with this with this subject, I really just want you to take some nuggets. And, um, you know, it's more about living it out and doing it than it is about like teaching really because this is stuff we've talked about. But so fears, and this is, you know, these are fears that I have felt and fears that talking to my friends and other people um, – when you're choosing connection, is this going to require more of me than I think I can give? Like, uh, you look like you have lots of pain and, you know, I'm feeling good today. So I don't know if I really, what am I going to have to give up? You know, um, those kind of things or being vulnerable. Like it's going to mean showing up, not wearing a mask those are scary things for lots of us when we're so used to living that way. And then rejection. Like, what if, what if I share my heart with you and then you come back with me with trying to fix me or, you know, you don't meet me with an open heart in return? Those are some real fears. And um, so I'm going to just pray for you guys if you relate to any of those right now. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Me too, sometimes. But honestly, these are all risks that we take every day in relationship, whether we know it or not. It, you know, love is really, it's risky. It really is. Um, the thing is, is that we, we can only be responsible for our hearts. And to take on everybody else's, what if they do this or what if they do that? We can't control what someone else is going to do. We can't. As much as we would love to, like, oh, you can't. You, you're responsible for being your true self. So, Jesus, I ask right now if, if there are any fears coming up for anyone here, Jesus, I just ask um, that you would come. And what, what do you want us to know about those fears, those apprehensions? Now, what truth do you want us to know, Jesus? Thank you, God.
Thank you for your truth and for healing our hearts and giving us courage. And I just encourage you to um, to take these, to go home and talk to God about it. If there's anything that's come up for you, like this is scary stuff. Jesus, I thank you for just an ongoing um, conversation about this with with your kids. Yeah. You know, when, when you're feeling scared, I know for me, like um, growing up when I feel scared, I, even actually now in relationship, like you, for me, like isolation and running away sounds really good. <laughs> you know, like I'm going to go away now. Um, but, you know, as we're growing up and we're, we're engaging and Jesus is healing our hearts, that option just seems less and less these days. Like, you know what, that worked for a while, but it's just really not working so well anymore. Um, what do you have for me? And of course, you know, we, I want to say this too. Like if you're, you have relationships where it's just not safe or it's scary, you, we need healthy boundaries anyway, and you need to create distance if there is anything like that. So I'm talking about, um, just in this environment where, where it's safe and, and family. And even in this environment, you need boundaries too with people. So, um, yeah, I think that's important to say. Um, I remember one time I was working through something like a conflict with someone and, and Pastor Brenton, he had so much wisdom and he, he was, he said, you know, you don't have to play, um, you don't have to try to, you don't have to avoid that person in the middle of, even though it's not resolved yet, because I would like, and I don't know, I think a lot of people do that. Like, oh, we're still in the middle. It's not like totally worked out. So I'm going to come to church and see them. And now I have to play dodgeball, like, oh, dodge and like not talk to them. Don't look at them because, it, but you know what? You really don't have to, you can, we can choose each other. We can, we can say hi and be friendly and love each other, even in the middle of working through something hard. Like I never would have thought that growing up, but we really, you really can. And it feels unfamiliar at first, but it's, it's so, it's so God. And, um, you know, I sometimes even like in the grocery store, I'm going to be really honest, but like, you know, when you, you see someone, you know, and you're in a hurry, like, I was going to run in and go to Target and run and grab that thing. And then now I see someone. So I'm going to like dodge, dodge, dodge. Don't, don't have time to say hi right now because what if the conversation goes too long and then you're kind of running through the store and like see him. Oh, you see him in that aisle and that aisle. And then you like come face to face like that always happens. <laughs> and actually one time I saw someone dodging me like they were in a hurry. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I, I, I used to do that. I don't really do that anymore because, you know, now that we're learning like brave communication, if you see someone, you know, you could say, Oh, I, it's so great to see you, but you know what? I gotta go. I, I don't have time, but I, I used to be so scared to just say what I want or say what I need, you know, and I still, it's still a process for me. Anyway, I thought that was funny. So I'm sure some of you have done that too, but grace, it's okay. <laughs> Been there, done that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is such a cool um, saying. When I saw this, I so connected with this. It says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Yeah. Um yeah, that, that's good. It's an African proverb. It's awesome. I like, yes, that is so like what I feel as a church, like let's go together. Cause we're going to go deep. And, um, you know, I think a lot of times our society teaches independence and like, you need to look out for number one. And, um, but with that, we don't, we're not considering each other when we're making choices or decisions. We're thinking about, you know, look out for me and, um, I don't need anyone and that kind of thing. But, you know, it takes lots of humility and sacrifice to be in a family but or to play, like, a team sport. Like, growing up, I didn't play team sports. I did, like, the 
things by myself like tennis or, you know, I had to be really good or ballet or dance and those things. So I never played. I never knew what that was like to to depend on my teammates. Um, but it, it takes a lot of, you know, it takes like laying your own, putting others' needs before your own at time. Not that you don't matter, you do, but considering each other, um, considering the the family, considering us as a whole. And I love this scripture in Philippians. This is the New Living Translation. And it says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. That's good. You know, we're going to go so much farther if we're running together, if we're going together. And, you know, even like raising your kids and you're teaching them how to do things like chores and stuff. And the tendency is, you know, you give them the chores and you're like when they're small, like, okay, it's taking you, you know, a little too long or it's not as clean as I like it, so I'm going to do it myself. But we're not encouraging growth. So we need each other. We, we really do. We, we need each other. And we don't want to go without you. And we don't want to get on this train without you. We want, we want to go with you. And we're going to really go someplace. We, we each carry something so valuable. You do. You guys all carry something so valuable that, you know, I, I, I just look around the room and I see Nancy Marco and, like, what she's brought to my life and Sarah Yang. And I, there's just so many, like, treasures in this room. And everyone is so different, but we're all going towards the same Jesus is our, our goal, and I'm, I'm just grateful. I feel mushy and lovey-dovey toward you. I do. <laughs> um, yeah. Choosing, oh, that doesn't show up so good. But what it says is choosing connection is closing the distance between your world and mine. Um. In, in building connection, um, it's choosing empathy and compassion instead of having like this um, kind of sympathetic stance where we're not really engaging each other. It's when we create distance and we just criticize, it doesn't require anything from us. But when we choose each other and um, choose to sit with each other and be empathetic, it, it's... It doesn't feel always comfortable, but that's how we connect with each other. And um, I'm going to show this cute little cartoon. I'm promised I'm calling you up here. Um, I'm going to show this cartoon, and it's Brene Brown, and she's talking about, some of you probably have seen it, she's talking about empathy and uh, sympathy and what that looks like. So I want you to, to just look at what it looks like to really connect and be with someone and getting in their space. And I love cartoons, so it's really cute. So what is empathy, and why is it very different than sympathy? Empathy fuels connection. Sympathy drives disconnection. Empathy, it's very interesting. Teresa Wiseman is a nursing scholar who studied professions, very diverse professions, where empathy is relevant, and came up with four qualities of empathy. Perspective-taking, the ability to take the perspective of another person or, or recognize their perspective as their truth. Staying out of judgment, not easy when you enjoy it as much as most of us do. <laughs> Recognizing emotion in other people and then communicating that. Empathy is feeling with people. And to me, I always think of empathy as this kind of sacred space when someone's kind of in a deep hole and they shout out from the bottom and they say, I'm stuck, it's dark. I'm overwhelmed. And then we look and we say, hey, I'm down. I know what it's like down here. And you're not alone. Sympathy is, ooh, <laughs> it's bad, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, no, you want a sandwich? <laughs> um, 
Empathy is a choice, and it's a vulnerable choice, because in order to connect with you, I have to connect with something in myself that knows that feeling. Rarely, if ever, does an empathic response begin with at least. I had a, yeah. And we do it all the time. Because you know what? Someone just shared something with us that's incredibly painful, and we're trying to silver lining it. I don't think that's a verb, but I'm using it as one. We're trying to put the silver lining around it. So I had a miscarriage. At least you know you can get pregnant. I think my marriage is falling apart. At least you have a marriage. (laughs) John's getting kicked out of school. At least Sarah is an A student. But one of the things we do sometimes in the face of very difficult conversations is we try to make things better. If I share something with you that's very difficult, I'd rather you say, I don't even know what to say right now. I'm just so glad you told me. Because the truth is, rarely can a response make something better. What makes something better is connection. I love that video. I've watched it so many times. I show my kids... And we, we talk about when we are like talking to people, how we see, we see the little bear and it actually is a skill, you know, because I think we naturally want to make something better and we want to have an answer and all that. But, you know, oh my goodness, when someone is with you and it's, it's difficult because yeah, it really does mean that, okay, I'm going to have to sometimes climb down there and get with you and get out of my comfort zone um, but yeah, when someone is with you, it, it really breaks the power of shame because one of the loudest voices I know for me and for most people, what shame says is you're the only one, like you're depressed and you are really, no one else is struggling right, like that. Like you're a Christian, you're not supposed to be depressed. And so when someone is, is with you and can empathize with you, man, that's huge. Um, my when I um, need Jesus to just be with me and not even say the right thing, like I have the best, um, the best experience with my earthly dad that um, I can, so I always kind of can go to this and I'm really, really grateful. Um, when I was a senior in high school and um, my boyfriend at the time killed himself and I was, devastated and it was a horrible I've shared this before but this relationship was very abusive but it was all I knew like I didn't know anything else and he was my everything he told me what to do and I did it like I was so lost and so I was on my senior trip and he he did this he shot himself and so I had to come home early and I didn't know what I had just accepted the Lord a few days earlier. And I didn't know that he even killed himself. They just said, you need to go home early. Your family, your sister needs you. So I was on the airplane. And actually, this was the first time I heard the audible voice of the Lord. And I heard God tell, tell me, Kevin shot himself, but you're going to be okay. So I... I didn't really fully believe it, but I, so when I got home, um, my family was there and they just didn't even know what to say to me. They were all crying, but they were like on the other side of the room and they were afraid, like, how is she going to react to this? Because they knew how connected we were, how he was everything, even though it was horrible. And my dad... He just grabbed me, and (laughs) and I have a really good relationship with my dad, by the way, even though my parents divorced when I was young. But he just grabbed me, and he put me in his lap, and I'm 18. You know, I'm a bigger girl. And um, he held me like a little baby, and um, he didn't even say. He just cried. He was sobbing, crying with me, and I was just yelling out like, dad, Dad," you know, I didn't even know what to say. And he wrapped his arms around me 
and just rocked me and rocked me. And, um, man, so I, that to me, like, I think of that when, um, when I experience pain and I know I can crawl up in daddy's lap and he's going to hold me and be with me. And he's not going to try to fix me. He's going to be with. And, um, so yeah, I bless you to experience father that he is with you, with you, with you. Yeah, it's good. Um, in this family, we believe as elders that whatever Goliath you're facing, we're going to face it with you. Um, I'm trying to... In uh, 1 Corinthians, it says, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts are glad. And all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. That's that's a powerful scripture. So, you know, the thing is, is that we're, you're still, if you're going through something or you created a mess, you're still going to have to clean it up. And you're going to be responsible for your own healing. But you know what? As a family in covenant, we are doing this together. If our kids are hurting, Todd and I, you better believe we're hurting with them. And we're going to want them to get the healing they need. But we're going to go with each other and we're going to hold each other's arms up and we're going to be with each other. My, you know, like I had three sisters and it was like, if you mess with one of my sisters, you're messing with me. And um, that doesn't mean we rescue, but it means we're with, we've got each other's backs. So, um, yeah. And actually my awesome husband has a, testimony that I wanted him to share about that. Come on up, honey. Yay, Todd. I'm going to, I'm going to keep that scripture up because it has to do with what I'm saying. Uh, if that's cool, uh, but I wanted to bring another one. That's, um, uh, that's just really striking me also. I actually saw it on an Instagram from IHOP today and it just, it was just burning through me. So it's just, it's Hebrews 10, 24, stir up one another to love and do good works, you know, but check out this in the message Bible. Why did I put my glasses back when I'm reading? Um, uh, oh, so let's do it full of belief, confident that we're presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He's always, he always keeps his word. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging, encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worshiping together (laughs) as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day coming. Isn't that cool? The way, yeah, that's really neat. Um, let's see what time. Okay. Yeah, I, I have a I have a really fresh testimony to share with you. <clears throat> and the more I think about it, there's there's so many levels about this. <clears throat> um, we took uh, some of our teenagers to Jesus Culture last week up in Sacramento, and uh, it was a really fun time. The conference was deep, really good, really anointed, I, more than ever. Somehow, I don't know. It was just really awesome, wouldn't you say, Brittany? <laughs> It was really good, and uh, and there was there are a few bumps in the road on this. You know, that when you're youth pastoring and you take kids on trips, there's always something you know that goes on. We've had a van break down before, you know, just different things snowed in. Um, but uh, but I was really sick on this trip and trying to pretend that I wasn't, so I could have energy for everybody and you know that kind of thing and. We had a little little glitch even getting into the conference, and uh, it was it turns out to be their their own thing. Hundreds of people had the same thing, just little road bumps here and there. <clears throat> but once everything got rolling, you know, we were just having an incredible time. I got really really messed up in a good way by God on last Saturday morning, and man, he just really. Um, actually, I'll tell you what it was. It, it's not. 
it really doesn't have much to do with our message, but it's a little sidebar. I was we we I was worshiping God and um, just going so deep, and I, I just started crying harder than I have in probably a few years. Just really undone by His goodness, and I was sit I sat down at one point and I was just going, Abba, Daddy, I'm yours. And it does something for me, but all of a sudden I realized I don't, I never called my own dad Abba or Daddy, you know, and it feels just slightly out of place for me. And all of a sudden, so I just went, Hey, Dad. <laughs> and that's when I got absolutely undone. I feel like I just got baptized in the Holy Spirit all over again. Really, it was, it was amazing. I was sobbing like, Dad, <laughs> you know. Uh, anyway, that was for free. Um, that, that, I, he really wants relationship with us. You know, I mean, that's, that's what that tells me. So, uh, there's a dinner break and we, um, we drove kids to over to Chipotle and in Davis and, um, and we, I, we sat, we, I, I had a bag with me, a satchel, a man bag, I call it. And men, men are carrying bags more these days. So, okay, are you with me? Okay, where else? Right? Do you, Sean? I mean, where else are we going to put all that stuff? So, <laughs> uh, in my bag, though, I had, um, I had, in my bag, I had um, all my keys, car keys, house keys, all kinds of stuff. No makeup. Who said makeup? although in the past i have had a cover stick before we get blemishes (laughs) uh so um yeah i had all my keys i had money in there a journal with a lot of personal stuff in it um an ipod classic you know the kind they don't make anymore that had so many gigs that it had everything on my that i have in it and I had my iPad in there, which I love my iPad. I have a computer that I use. It really belongs to Blazing Fire. But that iPad was mine. So it felt, you know, and I use it to read and all kinds of stuff. And um, and uh, and other, a few other knickknacks, a little cool laser that goes two miles, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, green laser. It's, it's so fun. You feel so powerful when you use it. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, but... So we went there and, um, I, I, the, some of the kids were like, uh, the Chipotle was really crowded and, um, they said, let's go outside and eat, even though it's really cold. And, um, so we did, we sat down on a chair. I was the first one. I put that satchel on the, on the chair. And then, um, as soon as the last kid got to the table, they went, Oh, it's too cold out here. Let's go. So we all got up and went and I left that thing. And, um, uh, but only, only for a couple minutes, really, I, I, I went inside and um and and here's the funny thing I almost left it in the car in fact we we went back to the car when we got there and I said let me put this bag in there I opened it and I ah, never mind so I kept it um so um so I was just about done with my my big old burrito stuff um anyway as soon as we went in cuz I'd been waiting at that table so uh we went in we saw a homeless guy outside and I went over and bought him some food and then I told all the kids, let's go pray for that dude. And all of them were so excited to go pray for him. And we did. We went outside and prayed for him. They were giving words to him. And um, all of them, it was like they were jumping on each other just to get to talk to him. It was so neat. Um, but during that time, I went, where's my keys? Where's my keys? And I realized my keys were gone. Somehow my brain wasn't thinking that I even had my bag because I, I remember thinking I was going to put it in the car. So I, th- I thought I did put it in the car. <clears throat> my keys, I thought, oh, no, I, where's my keys? I lost my keys. I've got to take these kids back to the conference, you know. And, uh, and then it, it dawned on me. I had it in that bag, my bag. Where's my bag? And it's gone. Um, it's gone. And uh, it's gone. So <laughs> when I realized that bag was gone, um, I, I did a quick inventory of what's inside of it and I went, Oh, Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> you know? Um, and, but I realized I'm here with the kids. I've got a, 
We've got a thing to do. And so how many of you guys have iPhones with like iOS 7 or 8 on it? Anybody? Okay. You know how you dismiss your icons when you when they're you know you're done with them running? You just go flick, flick, and they fly off the page. Um, that's what this was doing in my brain, actually. I, I, I went, oh, my journal's in there. I have to, I had to just let it go, you know, <laughs> my iPod's in there, you know, what? everything. Um, so, um, I decided I got to let go of all that stuff, but then the panic set in when I really realized I don't have keys to my car. What do you do when you're in another city with no keys? Um, and, and that was my only key to the car at all. Uh, and, and my, and I was panicking thinking these kids need to get back to the the conference. Now I'm actually going to get to the meat of this story. Um, it was getting it was getting close to time to go back to the night session of the conference. This awesome conference that the kids all paid seventy five dollars to go to this conference, plus more for what you know, stay in hotels and stuff. But that was the cost of the conference itself. Um, and uh, I took a couple minutes. I said, let me just let me think for a second, guys. <laughs> let me just think you know and um i was trying to figure out what to do and then i I decided what you know it it came down to i had to uh call a a, a locksmith thank you very much yes um i had to call a locksmith and fork over the money for that and and just get this all done it was going to take a long time the teenager we had we had a guy in it with us named eric he used to play bass here you know um and he, he had his own car, and he said, "Let me take the kids that are with you to um, back to the conference." And they all said no. They didn't want to go back to the conference. They wanted to stay with their youth pastor. And I said, "Oh, you guys, come on! You paid for this car. Please go. I'm going to be fine. I'm a big boy. <laughs> you know, I'll be fine. Um, thank you so much, but please go." And they all said. No, this is way more important. We want to be in this with you. In this with you. Like, oh, oh my gosh. We'd like to pray for you. And and um, not only that, but go search all the trash cans. I'm like, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> they did. They went dumpster diving in two dumpsters. They they dug through all these trash cans looking for any anything that somebody may have thrown, you know, from my bag. And they all stayed with me. Domily was with us and she stayed too. Yeah. Um, incredible. Just incredible. Oh my God. Daniel back there, he was with us and he chose to stay. Daniel played drums here. Um, he chose to stay with me. I was just undone. And, um, at one point I told him, okay, you guys, the locksmith, it's going to be a while before they even get here. You know, and it's cold outside, and they wanted to stand on the street corner with me and um and just pray over me. Let's pray over Todd. I kept ha- I kept calling AAA and different things, and they would wait for me. And as soon as I'm done, they're like, "Let's let's lay hands on Todd." <laughs> oh my god, that it, it just. It, but but here's a few things about it that's that's cool, besides the the fact itself. Um, huh. Um, occasionally, especially when my birthday comes every year, these days, I bless you. I think, um, I think maybe it's time to not be a youth pastor anymore. Cause I ain't, I ain't young dude. You know, a lot of youth pastors are like 22 and cool and, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Relevant and all that stuff. And, um, and so I, I, I contemplate it here, here and there once in a while, you know, and, uh, and our youth group right now is different than it's ever been. We, we're in a season like we've never had before as far as, um, it's, it, we meet at my house, um, these days cause we, we don't have our building anymore. And, um, we meet at my house and we had a big slew of graduates, like two years in a row, like 21, 22 graduates one year and like 20 another. And usually we have. Uh, you know the next age coming up and stuff, but but this time it's been it's like a big gap. And now we've got a group of uh, we've a lot of young people, like junior hires and stuff in there. And um, 
and some of them are brand new to our culture and I mean just it's just different than it used to be and um so I even wondered you know a little while back is this the time is this you know this maybe this is a change God says no you stay with them um you, and tells me it <laughs> tells me to until he he tells me to you know so um but this night some of the, the I mean two of these boys that stayed with me were 13 and um 13 years old, 14, 13, 14. And I, I, it, it caused me to be really solid about what I'm doing for one thing. I went, Oh wow, God, this is, you, you got me in the right place. I ain't moving until you say no. And I'm going to stop going back and forth, questioning this all the time. I'm going to list, just listen for your voice. And, um, I told a couple of kids that and they they said they're really happy about that. Um, another cool thing, and this is, this is kind of a silly thing, but it's true. <laughs> is um you know how we can get addicted to our computers and phones a lot and how this current society is becoming a little weird with not connecting you know but looking down a whole lot or not there's we've met teenagers uh, out there who don't even know that it's rude to just check their phone while you're talking to them you know and it is rude by the way That's not choosing connection with the person you're talking to. It's choosing connection with someone else. I've, I've actually, I've actually been with someone who was doing that so much. And I said, so how many of us are there here at this table? <laughs> I don't, I don't really stand for it very much. I, I'll just stop talking altogether. I just, it's like, never mind. You know, anyway. Uh, <laughs> but I was thinking about, connecting to the internet and all that stuff and i was thinking about my ipad and my um my stuff in that bag and i thought wow uh because i am because i lost that and i'm not going to be able to connect on that um i made a new connection tonight with these kids that's deeper than we had before you know what i mean and and i i it it sounds kind of cute but it's kind of symbolic about all of this, you know, like if we choose to disconnect from some stuff that's not really producing much life in you, um, and then connect <laughs> in this family setting or in some, some setting with God, you know, that's going to give us life. It's a better way to go. Then going back to the other thing won't take up all of your energy and time. It's going to, it's going to, you actually probably will even get more out of it, you know, the, the right things out of it. Maybe not even go where you shouldn't go on it, you know, or whatever. So, uh, anyway, that was just, that was just kind of a recent thing about connecting about these kids were empathizing with me and they're little, they're teenagers. So I just wanted to share that with you. Yeah. 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 These, we go on like trips with our kids and, cabin trips and things and the kid like we have this circle time and if one of the kids is a lot of times it goes like around in a circle and they'll share some deep things and they'll start sobbing or crying and a lot of times Todd and I could just sit back and they will all surround and they're just they really know how to be with and I've actually learned a lot just being around them yeah and 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 some of these times some of them are sharing some very very personal things that that you think you would think you might not want to share with other people because what if they think this or that you know and um but the kids just surround them and bless them and pray with them and cry with them it's amazing yeah oh, it's amazing um it is nine o'clock so um time to get your kids um but i'm gonna pray for you and um honey if you have anything too so yeah, Jesus, we thank you for what you're doing in this Blazing Fire family, God, that you are calling us into deeper relationship with you and with each other. And God, I thank you for courage on the inside of us once again to um, to choose connection with each other, even when it's difficult, even when everything in us is saying I don't know about this. Jesus, would you show us um, what that looks like? Give us a vision for what true connection and family 
looks like in, in your kingdom, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you're doing. And it, thank you that it's all unto something, that this train is not just so we can have a great church, but this is a light to the world. And the world is going to see, wow, this is what covenant, what family looks like. So we thank you that, that we would shine as a light to the world, that that nations would come to this light and um, look for answers and say, how do you do this? How do you connect? How do you communicate like that, Jesus? Let it be a light to the world. And I just thank you for everyone here that you would continue to um, just move our hearts and give us um, your fullness, everything you have. We want it, Jesus. Thank you that you say we're worthy of it, too. In Jesus' name, amen.